Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Praise the Lord, folks. We're excited to be back for day three of three with the evangelist Tommy Hollihan coming to you from Florida. And uh, we've had two great meetings this week, and we're about to have another one. Uh, So welcome, everybody. Brother Tommy, would you like to open us in prayer? And the mic is yours. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Shannon. Welcome to everybody out there in Radio Land. We love you so much. Uh, thank you, Father. I've got friends joining us from all around the nation, Brother George Desposito III. We're going to come together, George, and all of you that are listening today. Let us approach the Father through the Son, through the, His blood. The way has been paved, and we are coming boldly right now, not because of our record, but because of Jesus's record. We come in His name, not our name, but His name. We come to the Father boldly through the blood of Jesus, who's made a new and a living way. Our God and Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We ask you now, Lord, to anoint our ears that we be attentive and not just hear, but we believe and ask for impartation, that that which is spoken is imparted, engrafted into the hearts and minds of the hearer. Hallelujah. That it is surgically by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Birthed in the hearts of everyone listening. And that revelation will come today. Tomorrow, a week from now, even now as we speak, Holy Spirit, make real to the listener that which they need to hear at this very moment in time. Lord, there'll be something for everybody today. And we, why? Because the Spirit speaks to us, and we thank you for that. So we give you honor and praise for the Omega Man ministry, Lord. Thank you for dear brother Shannon. Thank you for this ministry that touches the world. We do this for your glory alone.
honor and honor, Lord, and praise. Hallelujah. Lord, hide our names behind the cross. Let your name alone be glorified in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. You know, this is an hour, ladies and gentlemen, where uh, a lot is going on in the world. If all you do is watch the news, all you're seeing is the effects of what's going on in the invisible world. And you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be fearful as we look at uh, the talk of a world war, as we see terrible happen, things happening in the Middle East, uh, protests going on all over the world, including our own nation against the Jew. Uh, it, it's going to get, I believe, worse the persecution I've been preaching about for years is here, and it's going to intensify. These demon-possessed Hamas people and those that support them are, are joining forces right now with the uh, godless, ungodly people of this nation who have no purpose. They have nothing. They're, they're, they are under the they're under sin misery because many have refused the cross, and they're joining arms with these terrorists. Who would have ever thought in our own cities today that thousands and thousands of people would join with the Palestinian movement that supports the murder and the absolute wholesale destruction of Israel. Who would have thought that we'd see thousands and thousands in this nation, quickly, that quick, joining with them and with their mantra from the river to the sea. They want to see Israel removed from the Jordan River and pushed into the sea. There is nothing in the mind of the terrorists that said, and, and the uh, extreme Muslim movement that wants them to coexist. So what is my point? America is backing Israel. You know that. Right now, what was uh, we were getting close to having somewhat of a peace with the Egyptians uh, and the Saudis, or Saudis rather, and a few other of the Muslim nations. Iran saw it, didn't want to see it happen. They've been planning this war for two straight years. Amen. They triggered Hamas. They triggered Iran. The Ayatollah triggered Hezbollah, which is right to the north above Israel. Triggered and uh, the. Uh, uh, the Hamas radical murdering uh, political group that was voted in in 2006 by the Palestinians. Be careful what you vote for. And now the rest of the Muslim nations are being joined together. Uh, in fact, what Iran has done is effectively brought the Muslim nations together. Uh, be over the war of Israel. Okay, so all of this stuff is supposed to happen. Hear me. Everything that you see happening in the world, God has it all under control. Everything that you see is predicted in the Bible. And we've been preaching this now for almost, I have anyway, for almost 50 years that we would see these things come to pass. I didn't think it was going to happen in my day, but I believe we're there right now. And so the question is this, as we see these things happening, Christian, hear me, what are we to do? Do we flee to the mountains? No. 
what do we do? Do we do we run? No. Uh, what do we do? We we are told by Jesus in Luke twenty four and in Matthew, excuse me, Matthew twenty four, Luke twenty one. We are told by Peter. We are warned by Paul, and we are told by John that when these things begin to happen, we are to simply live. Watch this. Prepared. That's the message. Not trying to find out the is this going to is that going. Listen, the first question that was asked by the uh, the, the, the church, the, uh, the apostles after Jesus died, resurrected, and came back is found over there in Acts chapter 1. They brought him immediately and said, Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to break the back? of the Romans over us, finally, the tyranny of the Romans, Jesus, and can we be free? Is this the, when is that going to happen? Jesus said, uh, guess what? It's not for you. He told Peter and the apostles, it is not for you. And he's saying this to you today. It is not for you to know the exact times or the seasons that God the Father has reserved. He said he's got time for that. There'll be times, and you'll know this. You'll know it when it's getting close. He's, but stop trying to find out everything about the future. He said this, and then he readjusted the emphasis to them. Hear me, saints. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses to me in beginning here, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. He readjusted their gaze off of prophecy and world events and put it on the salvation of souls and the empowerment, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We are to stop worrying about what's happened in Israel and even in our nation. What we need to do is get concerned with being full of the Holy Spirit ourselves and, and obeying what Jesus said. Be ready. Have your lamps burning. Be close to me. Walk with me. Uh, make sure, uh, said Peter and and, and uh Paul, uh, your life has been purged of any existing iniquity and sin. We are not to walk in any known sin. We are not to practice it. We are to practice living for the Lord by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to hear me well. God is right now calling forth a, a people that are, that are he's empowering and he's drawing to himself. I call it the five virgins church, see? Jesus talked about that. He said, in the last days, the church will be like 10 women that were waiting for the uh, the groom to show up. You see, I told you this yesterday. Back in those days, uh, you were a man. You got to pick uh, your wife, just like uh, Arxerxes did. I believe it was over there in um, the book of Esther. Um, the, the men in the culturally in those days, they, they would get ready to get married, and the eligible women would get ready to present themselves to the man so that he could uh, find out by talking to them and observing them who he wanted to marry. Jesus likened the end times to that. He said the end's going to be like this. Ten virgins and a, and, a, and a groom that's on his way. And it's, he said, now, as the, uh, as the bridegroom took his, excuse me, as the groom took his time, bridegroom took his time, he took his time. It says all of those ladies slept. 
ten virgins, the ten young ladies slept. They were they were they got prepared, but they it took a while. He didn't come. It's been two thousand years, and Jesus still hasn't returned. But listen, it says at midnight, Jesus said the cry came: "Behold, the bridegroom is coming! Behold, the bridegroom is coming!" And at that moment. Uh, you know, they jumped up, all 10 of them, and they started lighting their lamps because it was nighttime, it was going to be dark out, and they started running in the direction of where that voice was coming from. The Holy Spirit is calling today to you, friend, and he's saying, the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom, Jesus, is returning, and he's going to rapture his church out. Now listen, it says that there were ten of them that was symbolic. He said five got up and had enough oil when they lit their lamp and took off to the to to meet him. The other five couldn't get their lamps lit because they didn't have no oil. No oil. That's what Jesus said. They didn't have oil. The issue, hear me, is not what CNN is saying. It is not what I'm It's not what man is saying. It's not what Fox News. It's what the Holy Ghost is saying. And that is that we've got to have oil in our lamps, our lives today. The power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ must fill us and overflow us. And we've got to keep going to him over and over and over and over saying, Lord, fill my cup. That's why I'm teaching yesterday and today on 21 things that the Holy Spirit does. Now, remember what I said yesterday, Jesus finished his work. See, he said, it is finished. Tell testi in the Greek. On the cross, his last words were, it is finished. Tell testi. It means mission accomplished, debt paid in full. He paid it he 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 paid the debt for our sins he died he resurrected and he ascended and he is now seated at the right hand of the father jesus christ the son of god the lamb of god is at the right hand of the father right now yes he's making intercession for us but his work is done for the paying for the sins of the world but he said i'm sending somebody i he told the disciples i'm coming to you through my spirit and this holy spirit is the issue the spirit of jesus is the issue of the book of acts and I said yesterday, the Holy Spirit is not in it. The old Pentecostals say, did you get it? He's not in it. You walk into a room, somebody says, it's here. We need to learn. No, we don't do that. We need to, we respect man, wouldn't call uh, somebody in it. The Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus and the Father. It's three in one. One God, three distinct operations. God the Father willed it. Jesus came and secured it, and the Holy Spirit applies it. So I am right now telling you that what the Lord gave me for you folks out there is, is that we need to really be, really be crying out to, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. You know, it was shocking to me the other day that we had this fella, he uh, putting up, he's been advertising on social media, he's got a tent going up, got a tent going up, a big tent going up, and I mean, he uh, really spent a lot of money on this tent, uh, putting advertising this tent revival, and I was uh, hoping 
that it was going to be something good. And, um, <clears throat> and it was down there. I'm not going to mention where it was here in Florida, but, um, it, it's amazing today that you don't really need the power of the Holy spirit today to do, to be in ministry. If you got money, uh, I'm going to tell you something right now that we need finances. Obviously ministers need finances. Paul, the apostle said, if I've sown to you spiritual things, I should be able to ask you for natural things. He said, you, if, if I've given you spiritual things, then he said, I have a right to ask you to take care of us financially so we can take care of our bills and, and what have you. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We need to support ministries that are truly Christ-centered and Spirit-anointed. That is an absolute must. It is a command of the Word of God, beginning up there in, in Deuteronomy 20, uh, 20, I believe it's Deuteronomy 25, 4, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. An ox in the Old Testament was symbolic of a minister. Paul quoted that verse uh, when he told Timothy, don't muzzle the mouth of an ox. In other words, a minister should eat from the ministry. He should be able to reap from the ministry he is working in. But there has been over-abuse. There has been a terrible manipulation. And so where many people today are turned off because of the overemphasis and the manipulation of ministers of the gospel. That does not mean that we should not support, and as Paul said, ministers who in our church who teach are worthy of double pay. We got a big blessing ministry. But now watch what I'm going to tell you. This minister put up a tent, and I was amazed to hear that two and a half thousand people showed up. Um, I think it was the second night. I don't know how many had three or four thousand the first night. And I was hoping that it was going to be something good. I don't know why I'm on this right now, but I'm going to say it. My pastor went to the meeting. He said, Brother Tommy, uh, he said, uh, uh, you know, the, the young fella, you know, good looking guy and what have you all. He, he, he talked the whole time about money. Now, friends, I want to tell you something. When you put, I put up tents, uh, some of you out there may remember my, the tent revivals we put up and, 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 uh, we, we went and we had, Oh, I think the first tent we put up held close to a thousand nine hundred and something. And the Lord filled that. And we put up another one the next uh, year, 3000 seat, uh, tent, and uh, 3,000 people filled that tent an hour before service, 3,100 outside the tent. Uh, Brother Schambach was there with us, Little Richard, other other men of God at that time. Uh, but I want to tell you this, in the entire time that I, and whenever we've done an outreach, and i got to be careful because I'm far from perfect, but hear me when I say this to you is that when you are doing outreaches to the world and the world's there, we would invite the unsaved to come. I would always say this, even on my television show, Living Proof in the 80s, we would say this. We always said this, any tent revival, any outreaches where we were going after souls, we would always say to the unsaved, uh, as we, if we're going to receive an offering right now, once you know if you're not a follower of Christ, you're not included in this offering. You don't have to give a dime. We want to see you this, but there are believers here that understand their need to support this ministry, and we're asking you to give so that we can continue to put up tents, reach people by television, what have you. But we always said to the unsaved that were there, 
We didn't want to put a stumbling block in in front of them and make them feel like that, because that's what the devil uses. They said, see, see, they're all they're after is your money. And my friend, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Paul the Apostle was so careful about this that he said, my God, don't put something in the way of somebody to stumble a person for whom Christ died. Again, when I preach in churches, I'm going to receive an offering or they'll receive offerings from ministry. No problem for that. But when we are reaching the lost of, uh, out there in that world, we have got to be careful that we let them know that we love them. They're our guests and we're not here for their money. And this fella, all he did is preach for one hour on sowing, sow a seed, you sow this seed right now, all of your debts are going to be canceled in 24 hours. That is a lie, that is manipulation, and that is wrong. I'm going to put it straight out to you. That day of that nonsense has got to stop. We're in the end times, my friend. This is the end times right now. And we need to be winning the lost at any cost that we can. And my God, friends, when this thing is all about money and talking about your private jet and how much you spent on billions on your house, it's got to. I want to encourage those of you that if people, ministers are not centered on getting souls saved, preaching godliness, holiness, uh, teaching the, 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 the Christians how to live godly and how to walk with the Lord and are preaching that word of God, be very careful, be very careful. Now, don't go painting all preachers with a broad brush. I said this, and I'm going to say it again. We need to be about the Father's business in the church of winning souls, but for God's sakes, stop beating them and twisting their arm for money because they're looking, those unsaved people, the devil's right there saying, say, 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 be careful. We need to honor God in this area. So I want to say this. You can raise a crowd today on social media if you got enough money. You can rip wheelchairs out of people's hands and throw crutches through the air. Anybody can do that. That don't mean they're healed. But the most important thing that God's looking for, listen to me, I will continue to cast out devils. I will continue to pray over people that are crippled. I will continue to pray over people that are blind and expect their eyes to open. But all of those miracles should point to one thing, the salvation of Christ at the cross, the salvation of Christ at the cross. And preacher, if you'll do that, and you'll put God first, and you'll just preach Christ, and win the lost, and then ask people to support your ministry, you'll see millions of dollars come into your ministry the way I have over the years. Not thousands, but millions and millions, because I always put first the preaching of the gospel, but I minded the sinner, making sure that we were not putting a stumbling block, but always pressing the saints to give your best to the work of God so that the ministry of saving souls can go forward, forward, forward. So I hope you understand what I'm saying there. Just uh, We've got to understand we're in a critical hour and a lot of foolishness is going on. I don't know why I got into that, but I'm just, just going to hit it and leave that alone now. Let's talk for a moment about that great ministry of the Holy Spirit today. We talked about it yesterday, and we uh, talked about uh, several things, but let's and I'm going to pick it up right here. I love this. Remember, this is the present day ministry. Say it. The present day ministry. Say it. The present day ministry 
of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if I got preachers listening to me, listen, God can speak to one person one person to write you out an incredible check. You see, when your heart is right where it needs to be and your ministry is Christ-centered, remember remember this, friend, it ain't about you and me as preachers. It's about Jesus. You know, when Jesus was on that donkey riding them into Jerusalem, they were screaming, Hosanna, and King of Kings, and Lord of Lords, and throwing their clothes in the street. Can you imagine that donkey looked up at Jesus and said, you know, Lord, I never thought they loved me so much. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a, a joke? Folks, listen to me. You're a preacher of the gospel. You're a donkey. You're, you're, Jesus is, you're, you're carrying Jesus to the multitudes. He gets all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, and, and that's what we want. But I want to tell you, there's people out there listening to me in the ministry. If you'll humble yourself and stay humble before the Lord and prayerful, God will speak to people to take care of you. I'm telling you, when I was preaching years ago, I needed to go on television, and, 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 and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? And I remember a man write me out. I didn't even take an offering. I was in a church service, and he walked up to me and said, uh, Pastor Tommy, this is for you to go on television. I normally didn't take time to open up, but I looked at the check, and it said 100000. Boom, right there didn't even take up an offering and somebody else got up and somebody you see when god god is able to supply air every need when the emphasis is right trust him trust him for that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask for it we should ask for finances amen but not manipulating people now listen to me i want to tell you what the holy ghost does you listen to me now it tells us in romans that continue my message from yesterday i'm not going to be too long today he prays for us in romans 8:26, it says we are limited in our understanding we don't know how to pray for things we don't even know sometimes what to pray. I've been praying 50 years, and I, I look at people, and I say, I don't know how to pray for them or, or what to pray unless they tell me. But listen to me. I say this. The glorious Holy Spirit, he knows what to do. Romans 8, 25, 26, 27 says this. It says, for we know that he, the Spirit, the, watch now, watch, watch, watch. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. What? Yes, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. What weaknesses? It says that he goes on to say, here's the weakness or, or the area we have. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. It says, the Spirit will help you with that. Who does that? The Holy Ghost. If you're open to what I'm about to tell you, it's in the Word, friend. It says the Spirit himself will make intercession through you, through you, according to the will of God. Did you hear that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. The precious Holy Spirit searches. God searches through the Holy Ghost every situation. And then as you begin to pray in the Spirit, it says words that are will not make sense. Listen to me carefully. The Spirit of God prays in a heavenly language through you. And that language is known in, in Corinthians 14. It says, Albeit he that speaketh in the Spirit speak, speaks mysteries to God. When you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit for somebody, you're praying the exact will of God for that person's life, my friend. That is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. 
you see, I can look at you and you're sad. I say, oh, geez, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they, uh, maybe they're under condemnation for a sin. So I begin to pray, God, bring their joy back, help them to repent of something. Oh, God, whatever's robbing them. That may not be your problem at all. Maybe the night before you lost your mom or God forbid, or somebody close to you. But I didn't know that. But if I had started praying for you in the spirit, the spirit would know the source of your problem. And he prays through you, through you. That's what the word says, friend. Never mind what some, some preacher said, that some denomination that's denying the power of God today. You need to hear what the word says. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are, he intercedes through you for your life for your family, for your children, for your ministry, for your world. Hallelujah. And then it says in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know all things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes. As you pray in the spirit, God begins to transform you, transform the people you're praying for, and things begin to work out for the good. That's what the Bible says. Never forget that Romans eight twenty eight is hooked up to Romans eight twenty six and 27. You've got to learn that, and you've got to remember that the Holy Spirit is in you for various reasons, and glory to God, he is God, he is God, he is God in you, my friend, the Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, it is three in one, three distinct uh, personalities, ministries uh, uh, that, that, that they have, but all three are one, hallelujah, glory be to God in Jesus' name. And so all oh, the glory of being able to pray in the Spirit for anybody, you say, well, I, I don't have that. Well, if you're saved, you've got the Holy Ghost. The question is, does the Holy Ghost have you, see? And, and if you can say right now, I'm saved, the Spirit of God dwells in me. If you want to believe God, what His Word says, if you want to fight it, that's your business. But if you want to believe God, not what some preacher said, but you want to believe what the Word says, raise your hands right now out there in Radio Land and say, Lord, Fill me with the Holy Spirit as you did over there in Acts 2, as you did over there in the book of Acts chapter 4, as you did over there in Acts chapter 10, and as you did over there in Acts 19. Fill me with the Holy Ghost, and I want to speak in a he my heavenly language. He'll give it to you if you take it like a child. Now, that's one of the most wonderful things. I've been praying in the Spirit for 50 years and seeing miracle after miracle after miracle if you stick with it and pray and let God do it his way. God don't own a Timex or a Rolex. He does it his way in his time. And you've got to let God work once you begin to pray. So remember, today I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will pray through you. He knows the perfect will of God. You and I don't, but he does. And he prays through you and intercedes the perfect will of God. Well, that's glorious right there. We can stop right there, dance and shout and all over the place. Glory to God. But you know what's wonderful also about the Holy Spirit? Romans 9 tells us he bears witness to the truth. He always bears witness to the truth. Even if you're, you're listening to something, he always, the Holy Spirit, will only bear witness to the truth. And you will come, as you come closer to the Lord, you'll know. And the more you know that word, because his word is truth, the Spirit will always only bear witness to the truth. You know what I love it says in the Bible in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6? It says that, 
You can have joy of the Holy Ghost in the middle of suffering. Joy in the Holy Ghost in the midst of suffering. Now listen to me. There's times you're going to be heavy with trials. It says that over there in 1 Peter. There's going to be heaviness because you're going through this and persecution and hard times. And, and it's going to be times of heaviness. But what does it say over there in Thessalonians 1.6? It talks about in your suffering that you can have the joy of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my, my, my friend, I'm telling you, people see me sometimes say, uh, Tommy, brother Tommy, you get to seem happy all the time, and you must have the best life, and you got no bills to pay, and your kids must be, well, my kids are grown, but your, everything must be great in your life and what have you. Look at how much happy you always are. No, no, friend, listen to me. I live in the real world. I got bills to pay. I've got situations going on in my life just like you do. But one of the things I've learned as I stay close to the Lord, his joy fills me up even in the midst of what I'm going through. I have the joy that is in the Holy Ghost. Isn't that beautiful? It's such a beautiful promise that you can have the joy of the Lord as your strength even when you're going through so much, you see? Uh, and I'm going to quote that First Thessalonians 1, 6. He said, you became imitators of us. And of the Lord, Paul said, for you welcomed the message in the middle of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Ghost. Ooh, geez, I just, just when I said that, I felt the Holy Ghost release in my spirit. There is a difference between happiness and joy. The word happiness comes from a Greek konya word that it means happenings. As long as things are happening around us that are positive and good, we're happy. But what happens when all that stuff is not going well? Then we're not happy. We, you know, unhappy. And we think about it. And we're unhappy. And then depression calls comes in, and you know what the world calls mental illness. Everything today with the world is mental illness. Somebody shoots up another person. They're mentally ill. No friend. Many of them are not mentally ill. They're evil. But we'll talk about that at another time. But listen, you can have joy given by the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can produce joy. That's one of the fruits we'll talk about later. Joy comes to you through the. Holy Holy Ghost, glory to God, so that everything going around you is in flux, it's changing, it may not be everything you want it to be, that job hasn't come through yet, or you're working a job, but you have tough people to work with, or you're having problems with uh, your finances, your kids, your wife, your husband, things are going on around you, oh Lord, but, but because you're drawn near to the Lord, you've learned to depend on God, you have a strong prayer life, you're in that word, amen, you're in fellowship with saints, you have have the joy of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Only the Holy Ghost can bring joy to your life. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, my friends, only the joy, only the Holy Ghost can bring that beautiful, beautiful joy to your life. Do you have that joy today? Glory to God. I hope you do. I hope you got it. But look at this also. Not only does he give us joy, but this is something else. He brings freedom. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, He, where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. There is freedom. He's the one that frees you. He's the one that blocks and, and deals with that addiction. He will free you. He will free you from any 
problem that you're having if you look to Jesus consistently. Oh, I know sometimes sin can get its nasty cords around you where you feel like I'll never get free from this besetting sin. And oh God, I just can't seem to forgive that person. I can't seem to stop saying this about them or doing this or thinking these thoughts. Listen to me. That great Holy Spirit is at work within you. And he will continue to work if you'll be patient and free you from every single bondage that's held you. Maybe it's past. You said, I got an ex that did this to me or that. Or no, this one did me dirty. Or this one did this to me. That's, I understand that. But the Holy Spirit will go to work if you wanted to set you free from every single bondage, hurt, wound, hallelujah, to where you can bless people around you that used to have bad thoughts. How how do you know that? It's right there in the Word of God. It says it over there in Corinthians, again, Corinthians uh, 3.17. Okay? So not only does that, as he do all this, it helps us and brings freedom, he helps us to obey the Lord. That's found in 1 Peter 1.22. I love this here also. I wrote this down. In Revelation 22.17, he calls for Jesus' return. That's right. The Holy Spirit in you is calling your attention to the return of Christ. We are told over 40 times in the New Testament that we are to be looking up looking up, not looking around. Look up, Jesus said, when you see all these things happen. Look up, your redemption's drawing nigh. The coming of the Lord, hallelujah. And and what does it say in the last, one of the last verses of the New Testament book in Revelation? It says, the Spirit and the church says, come. It's looking for the Lord to return, for the return of the Lord, for the rapture of the church, glory to God, and then for the return of the Lord, the second coming of Christ, which is at the Battle of Armageddon. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So we're excited. Uh, we're thanking God for what he's doing in this hour. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you hear me out there, Shannon? Yes, sir. You're coming through loud and clear. Okay, brother. The reason I said that is another number come across my screen here. and I want It was similar to yours. I thought I might have gotten disconnected. No worries. But I'm excited today. Glory to God. I feel like I'm getting the launch here. That was just my opening. That was the appetizer. Here comes the message. I'm teasing. Praise God. The Lord is good. So he cries within you for the return of the Lord, the return, the spirit. Oh, the Holy Ghost. This is not your home down here. This is just, you're just a pilgrim here, my friend. You're on a journey. Your you're home down here is a hotel. You're just staying here for a while. You're getting ready to go home with me. We're going to dance around the streets of glory. God, hallelujah. Not only does he cry out in you for the return of Jesus, but he transforms us. You know that. I dealt with it yesterday in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says we are changed from glory to glory by the Holy Ghost. Listen, it says, as we behold the image of the Lord in a mirror. We know that mirror is symbolic. It's of the Word of God as we view and look and we see the image of God. We see the truth of God in His Word. The Holy Ghost goes to work within us to transform us into what the Word of God and what Jesus Christ has done. Hear me now. The Holy Ghost... The Word of God, now watch this, is the agency of God. 
That's the agency of God. But the agent of God's change is the Holy Spirit. Watch again. The agency of change is the Word of God. But the agent that brings the change is the Holy Spirit. Let me say this to you. My friend, a washing machine does not wash clothes. You can put a washer, you can put clothes in a washing machine all day long. It ain't going to wash them. That's just the agency. But when you add the detergent and you turn it on, then it begins to wash and cleanse and wash and cleanse. So the agency, the washing machine, is the Word of God. But the Holy Ghost is the one that goes in through the Word and brings the transformation. How do you know that? Look at it over there again. Don't believe me. Believe the word. Second Corinthians three sixteen and 17 says, And we all, with an unveiled face, as beholding in the mirror the glory or the image of God, are transformed, Greek word, cornea Greek, metamorphe, we are transformed from glory, from one image or state of being or likeness of God. We are transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit, not by the preacher, not even by the Word of God, but by the Holy Spirit operating in your spirit through the Word of God, he brings transformation. What am I saying out here right now? Hallelujah. We need the Holy Spirit because he's the one that changes us. He's the not willpower. The Holy Ghost changes you. The Holy Ghost is the one that does the work. What you have to do is yield. Say it. I yield, he changes. Again, I yield, he changes. But, Lord, I got this thing going on right now. I want to choke somebody. I'm my boss right now. I, uh, I'd hang him if I could. But, but oh, I know that's wrong, Lord. Oh, Jesus, help me. Lord, I yield to you. I know you said I got to love my enemies. So, all right, Lord, I surrender. Please put a love in my heart and wisdom. And then he goes to work. You see, he wants you to yield. Sometimes you're trying so hard, you've left the Holy Spirit out. That was the problem with the Galatian church. He said, I want to ask you a question. He said, having, having begun your salvation by the Spirit, are you now going to finish it by your own self-efforts? Self-effort can be the greatest hindrance to the work of God. That's trying to do God's will your way. The thing that over and over that the Bible tells us to do as Christians is yield. It begins that right over there in Romans uh, chapter 6. I could go on here for five straight hours, but I can't. Over there in Romans 6, he talks about shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound in our lives? No, he said. How shall we who died to sin continue to practice it any longer? He said, or don't you know as many of you as were baptized in water, you were baptized into his death. It was a symbol of your death. It was a funeral. He said, and like, just likewise, as we died, he said, and we, and we showed that death through, through uh, baptism, we are raised in the similitude now of his resurrection. Then he says he uses the word yield now, two things he uses over and over, don't you know, and yield. Don't you know, and yield. He says, you yielded as you used to yield your members to unrighteousness, now you need to yield them to 
righteousness, but it's the spirit that does the change as you yield. Are you yielded, friend? Are you yielded? If you're not, say, Lord, I want to be yielded to you in every area. What does it mean to yield? It means two, two cars are coming down the road. It's, it's two lanes, and all of a sudden, it's narrowing into one lane that has a yield sign. Somebody's got to yield, and it, guess who's going to yield? God ain't going to yield. We've got to yield. The Bible says, love your wife with tenderness and with affection, and, and treat her with love as the weaker vessel so that your prayers are not hindered. That's what you've got to do. you got to say, God, your word says that I yield to you. Work it in my life. Okay, praise God. Wives, the Bible says husbands are ahead of the home, and I need to yield to him on matters that we can't agree on. And, Lord, I, I just, who I just, yes, you can. You just yield. If you are yielding to what God's word says, the Spirit will go to work to help you. Yes, he will. He'll help you. All you've got to do is yield, give up your rights, give up, and say, Holy Spirit, please do that work through me. Right there, it would have been worth it right there. See, well, what about I got a problem with my pastor, a problem with the elders? See, just stop judging them. Back off. Unless they're living in object sin, and they're telling you to go out and gamble and, and go to some, uh, 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 you know, strip house or go out and use drugs, uh, no preachers are perfect. Just pray for them. Paul, the apostle, greatest preacher ever lived, said, pray for me that I can speak as my as I ought. That means if, they, if you're not praying for your pastor and your elders, they'll never speak as they ought. Why would Paul waste paper writing, pray for me so that I can speak as I ought? Because no preacher, no man of God, I've been preaching 48 years, nobody can preach right unless people are praying for them. You got to do it. It'll change their lives when you shut up and just pray for them. All right, let me give you a few more along this line. I hope somebody's getting helped out there, or as they say down south here now, somebody's getting some help. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I hope this really is helping you because I, I, I'm trying to prepare you, if you would. See, the Lord came to me a year ago and he said to me, Would you help me get my people ready? He said, They're not ready. That, those are the words. Lord doesn't speak to me much. But that word came to me. He said, would you help me get them ready? Many are not prepared. They're not ready. I'm trying to get you prepared for the coming of the Lord to make sure you're rapture ready and you're not left behind in sin and in discouragement and in self-effort. Glory to God, he's come along today to lift your friend. Amen. To set you free and to put you on a brand new walk with him. Hallelujah. So he transforms us. He lives within us. He frees us. And I love this here, Titus 3, 5. Titus, that little bitty book, three chapters, book of Titus. It says we are renewed by the Holy Spirit. Get open to this right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I need to be renewed. Renew me. Renew me. He will do it if you'll just yield to him and say, Holy Spirit, renew me. I love also the fact that we know this. This is pretty much common knowledge that in uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says that the spirit uh, 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 fights against the old nature. Now, remember something. You died when you got saved. Your old nature didn't die. You died. God put a new nature in you, but that old nature is still up there in your brain and, and, trying, to and trying to control your life. But he says there in Galatians, if you be led by the spirit, you will not fulfill the cravings of the flesh. And this is what he tells you to be led into. It's called the nine fruits of the spirit. He says, he says, for the Spirit produces this in us, love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, hallelujah, long-suffering, patience, faithfulness. 
somebody said, well, what's the difference between patience and long-suffering? Long-suffering picks up where patience ends. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit produces the character of Christ. It's not the fruits of your spirit. It's the fruits of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of your new spirit. He pro- He's looking to produce in you a good, a good the fruit of goodness. Well, you just want to, one of my employees said the other day, he said, you know, you spend too many times trying to help. I said, listen to me, son, get back to work and don't sit around judging me. God has called me. He told, Lord told me this long time ago. He said, I'm here. I want you to, every person you meet, I want you to make their life better. I want you to try to make every person's life better that you are, are around. See, that's the fruit of goodness. You're out there to help them. How can I help this person? What can I do for this person? Most people are not going to be open to the gospel around you if you're not a good, if you're not showing goodness. If all you do is care about yourself and your problems and your money and you, that ain't what this is all about. Goodness is always looking out to do something else for somebody else. How can I be a blessing? How can I take care of that person? Can I help them financially? Goodness is always wanting to do good things for people around you. And then there's that great fruit of patience, which is the Greek word eupatasio. It means to bear up under great pressure without falling. Long suffering. Do I need to elaborate on that? Only the Holy Ghost can have you put up a long time with a trial or with a person. And I don't have time to get into the rest of it today, but he produces, the Holy Spirit produces fruit within us. And then I love what it says that he gives gifts. And this is important. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. He, and I, I'm not going to get apologetic on this one. It says in Corinthians 12, to every Christian is given at least one gift by the Spirit to profit the whole church. Every Christian. You say, well, I don't have it. No, you just have maybe been ignorant of it, but you've got a gift in you to profit the body of Christ, not to make you look good and make you look spiritual, but to build up the body of Christ. I'm going to say this to your point blank. No church can grow properly without the activation of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned, by the way, over there in Corinthians 12. And I am not a uh, since a, a, uh, a cessationist. I don't believe that this, the, the gifts and the power of God cease the way a lot of these Baptists do, and the John MacArthur and these other guys who were right on in many areas, but they are against the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. And you better be careful, friend, with that, because the gospel has got to be preached in power. There's still demons to be cast out. There's still bodies that need to be healed. And God will do that to confirm the authenticity of the cross. And he still wants to move in the church services through the gifts of his spirit and in individuals' lives during fellowship in those precious gifts of the spirit that he says are over and over. It's the same Holy Ghost that gives those gifts. And they're not for you and I to walk around I'm thinking we're great. It profits the whole spirit, everybody. Now look at this. This is my favorite. I got to admit, this one's my favorite right here. Hallelujah. And I hope it becomes your favorite too. It's found over there in uh, 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 Romans 8. It says, as many as are led by the spirit, they are the children or the sons of God, see, led by the Spirit. Now, somebody, you know, says, um, well, you know, the Lord led me to go to this job. Or he led, and that's good. That's good. But it's more than that. To be led by the Spirit does not mean necessarily that you're always in the right location. See, God is not always going to tell you uh, 
go to Walmart and don't go to, uh, you know, Sam's Club. You know, people that need that kind of thing every day, I think, have a mental disorder. I mean, you know, I have people that tell me, you know, the Lord uh, always leads me to go to Shell Station and not to go to this. I was okay, well, you know what? <laughs> God bless you, buddy. You know, that's not what it means to be led by the Lord. Too many people hearing weird voices today. What it means to be led by the Spirit is the word guided. Guided. And really, hear me out now. Romans eight fourteen guided, and it has the connotation. See, you can read all the Greek you want, all the Hebrew you want, and all the Latin you want. It will not help you unless you have an understanding of how it was used during that culture, and and then it, it, and then as you interpret it correctly, it always points back to Jesus. The word led here has the connotation of a of a mother taking her child. And taking a little child by the hand and leading them down a pathway that could be dangerous or rocky or just teaching a child how to walk or teaching a child about what they're observing around them. You know, when they're young, saying, that's a flower over there. That, that's water. Don't go near that. It has the connotation of being a, a mother taking or father taking a child and teaching them and leading them in the right way. You see that? It's not so much God told me to give you a word. It's more about how you live. That's why the connotation in Romans 5 is, he said, I know some of you out there are fighting with your old flesh. He said, allow the Spirit to guide you into the manifestation of kindness, goodness, self-control, joy, peace, character. As you grow in your character, the lusts of the flesh will lose their hold on you. Now, let me go back to this. The Lord's desire is to guide us in every area of our life, how we treat our children, how we treat our parents, how we treat our other Christians, how we treat our leaders, how we treat our employees, how we treat our boss. The Holy Spirit wants to take you and I by the hand in every area of life, how we speak, the tone of our voice. These are things that the Holy Spirit, if you're sensitive to Jesus and you really want him with all your heart, he will lead you or guide you in every single thing you do. And I mean, I, he, he will tell me sometimes in the morning when I'm up before my wife, and it'll just come to me, tell her how much you love her. Hallelujah. You know, you know, come on, Tommy. That's stupid. No, 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 friend. You know, there's been times when my wife had gone to work and she said, Tommy, just you telling me how much you love me, it made my day. Hallelujah. Or, you know, Giovanni, my grandson, will come home and he's a rascal. He's 14 years old. Oh, I need your prayer out there, people. I'm telling you, this kid, I say black, he says white. You know, I already raised my kids years ago. You know, when I got him when he was little, um, you know, somebody told me, oh, you know, he said, Pastor, you'll, you know, that little boy, he'll keep you young. I said, let him keep you young. I already raised my kids. But, you know, he's the love of our life. But, oh, he'll, he'll test my Christianity. I'll tell you that right, right now. He's, he's obnoxious, and, you know, he'll, he'll tell you you're wrong. And if I say black, he says white. Oh, I'll tell you. he get my hair on fire. Oh, yeah, I've lost it a few times um, where I had to go back and ask forgiveness of him. Because, you know, he can push you. He can, you know, like I told him, I said, everybody's got their breaking point, son. You take a pin, you put it in on, your, on my arm. I'm going to say, ouch. You press a little bit more. I'm going to say, ouch. You press it in deep. I'm going to say, ouch. 
You keep pressing. Well, what's wrong with you? You keep on pressing. I may, I may have to come upside your head. But anyway, I'm just saying this to get a point across to you all of you out there. The Holy Spirit, glory be to God, is not just here to tell you about, uh, 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 you know, the future and God wants you to move to Montana. He is here to guide you every second of how you live, how you treat people, how you talk, how you think. That's what it means, friend, to be led by the Spirit. It means to be guided by him like a father and mother taking the hand of a little child and teaching them everything that there is about life. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? You want that? You want that? I do. I want that. And let me... uh, begin to conclude now because I think I've gone over my time. Brother Shannon, am I over my time? No, sure. You've got all the time you want. Up to five more hours if you need it. <laughs> I mean, none of a voice. I love you, Brother Shannon. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, in, in, in uh, the Holy Spirit, I can't say enough. I'm going to say this now. The Holy Spirit always points you to Jesus. Right? I don't have to say that you know that. He convicts us, too. Over in John 16, 8, it talks about that he convicts. See, a lot of Christians don't want the conviction of God. Nope. They just want the blessings of God. You know, but no, he, 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 he brings conviction to your life. And I want conviction. I don't want condemnation. I don't want, I never condemn my children, never did, never will, never condemn my employees. I've had to fire a few of them, but I've never condemned them. Never condemned them. What I've done is corrected them. What I've done is had to speak into their life and say, that's wrong what you're doing. You're not doing that the right way. I've had to at times let some of them go because they're just pure rebellious and don't want to be corrected. And I say, okay, sorry, you can't work here for me. And, you know, God bless you in life. But, you know, you're not working here for my company. Can't do it. Um, so, so you know, uh, we have to be uh, careful in that regard because he does come to bring conviction to our life, right? It says in over there in John, it is, Jesus said when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. Okay? He will convict the world of sin. And I want conviction in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to tell me when I'm wrong. I want him to deal with me when I know there's things in me that need to change. I don't want him to leave me on my own. It says, Jesus said, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate will come. That means the one who stands by you, advocate. If I do not go away, said Jesus, if I do go away, then I will send him, that is the Holy Ghost to you, the advocate, the one that stands by you, the helper. Remember, he's called the comforter or the helper. Isn't that beautiful? He helps me, helps me, helps me. He helps you to pray. He helps you to love. He helps you to have hope. He's the helper. That's the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. What, 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 what? Convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, he does that as you preach the gospel. He'll convict sinners of their sin. He'll convict sinners of, of, of how good God is, of his righteousness. And he'll also put a conviction that there's judgment coming. And the world knows that. But he does that also to us. He brings conviction to us. I want the conviction of the Holy Spirit. i got to move along now. i got to move along now. Now, I, I, all of that is wonderful. Uh, and all of these things are absolutely great. But again, we need to be very, very sure that we are serving the Lord 
Oh, I feel you right now, Lord. I feel you, Jesus. I feel you. We have to be serving the Lord in the energy of the Holy Spirit. He brings a new law, friend, when he comes into you. He frees you from the law of sin and death. I think I'm going to end with this. He frees you. What, what are you talking about, Alain? He frees me from what? Yeah, a law. It's the law of sin and death. It's mentioned in Romans 7. Well, what, Lord? The law of sin and death. What's that all about? Paul said, when you know something, is done, before you are born again, you know what you're supposed to do, but you do not have the power to carry it out. He said that the law or the knowledge of good and evil, he said, the more you know of it, the more you can't do it. That's what Paul talked about in Romans 7. He said to do good was present with me, but how to live it, I couldn't do it. He said, and then the thing I didn't want to do, I ended up doing. And the thing I wanted to do, I couldn't do because there was this lore in me. It was pulling me back to do the things I should not have done. It was a lore. He said, I've been sold out. I was sold out when I was saved. I was born with this terrible disease, this law that operates in me all the time. I know I got to do right, but doing wrong is always there, and it pulls me to do. He said, but thank God, he says this. He said, thank God I've been set free by the death of Jesus Christ, glory to God. And that's where he brings us in the Roman. Oh, hallelujah. He brings us into Romans 8. Anybody that knows the Bible, any theologian, anybody from the days of uh, Ignatius Loyola to Tetralulin uh, to the great Justin Martyr uh, down through the first, second, third centuries, the men that picked up the gospel after the apostles died, they all preached this. Uh, all the great preachers uh, of the of the Reformation, Luther, Calvin, Finney, my God, Moody, all of them understood that the Romans 8 is the promised land for the New Testament. It's where God brings us out of the bondage of sin, and he introduces a beautiful new lore that works within us, and that is found, hallelujah, in Romans chapter 8. He says uh, this, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. My friend, your days of being condemned are over. Even if you stagger, even if you fall, even if you're not obedient, you are not condemned. Convicted, yes, may God convict us, but never condemned. He said, you're never condemned. There is now, no, therefore, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. He said for, watch this now, he said for what, he said for, he said this, for the Lord of sin and death was condemned by Jesus, but then he says this. He says what the Lord could not do in that it was weak. The, the, the Lord Moses was weak because we had sinned. We were sold unto sin. He said God took care of that. He sent Jesus, judged sin, dealt with sin, and placed you inside of Christ and freed you. But watch this. You're not free to do your thing. Now he says in, in, in verse 2, he said, for the Lord of the Spirit of Christ, the Lord of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ, the Lord of Christ, the Holy Spirit operating in me, has set me free from the Lord's sin and death. I can walk in obedience. I can obey God now. I can know what to do and do it, even though 
evil will always be there to tell me don't do that. Lie a little bit. No, I'm going to tell the truth. Oh, go ahead and put that thing in your pocket. Nobody will see it. Nope, that steel ain't going to do it. You see, sin will always be present to a degree in our minds, but we don't have to obey it no more because there's a new law. The new law is that sin is that you are a brand new person that has victory over sin, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, you don't ever have to yield to it. Glory to God. Do we at the times we do? Let's be honest. But do we have to live in that thing? No, because you're brand new. There's a new law working in you, and it's the law of the Spirit of life that's the Holy Ghost that lives in you, giving you victory, victory, victory. And the longer you live for God Almighty, the more victory you will have, my friend. Hang in there. Don't be discouraged. If you've been discouraged, stand up, shake yourself. Hallelujah. Say there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, for I am freed from that old sin nature. I've got a new nature, and I've got the Holy Ghost, and I've got a Father that loves me in heaven, and Christ my Savior that saved me and welcomes me every day to the throne, and I've got the great Holy Spirit living in me bringing victory, victory, quickening my faith, quickening the word, quickening his love, quickening his power. And if you're a preacher, then you can preach in the power of the Holy Ghost, because Paul said, my preaching was not with just words, he said, but it was with power and in demonstration and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, friend. And when you are full of the Spirit, you will, your people that hear you, their faith will rest in the, it's Paul said, in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. So I want to challenge you today, challenge you today to look to Jesus, look up and rejoice in the Father's love. Thank him that you're saved through our Lord Jesus Christ and his blood. And that the power of the Holy Spirit lives within you, producing the very nature of God and 20 other things that I've preached on the last few days. I love you, children. I love you so much. I praise God for every one of you out there. Pray with me, those of you that are listening right now. Just pray with me. Say this out loud. Lord Jesus, say it out loud. Lord Jesus, thank you. Go ahead. Thank you for dying for me when I was a rotten sinner. And I, and I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Teach me now all about the things of God. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me as I hear your word. I pray this, that your name be glorified, Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, give him thanks right now. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you've never met Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, if you've never asked Christ to save you, pray this prayer with me right now. You're not talking to man. Don't worry about who's around you. They're not going to pay the rent. They're not going to be there on the day of judgment. Right now, don't be embarrassed. Say this right now. You're talking to God. Say it out loud. Lord, go ahead. Lord, save me. Save me. Forgive me. Go ahead. Come into my heart right now. Save me. Write my name in the book of life. Forgive me for all my sins. I believe you died for me. And now change my life. I'll serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. If you've been away from God out there, and you're a Christian, but you've been backslidden, lukewarm, you pray this prayer right now. Jesus, forgive me. 
I've been sidetracked. I've stumbled. I've been lukewarm. I don't want to be left behind. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Please begin to work in me with a first love for you like I've never known before. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen to me, friends. You thank God right where you are. Don't you ever be ashamed of being excited. I know I preach loud. I'm excited. Hey, hey! if they can get excited over a piece of pigskin, going over a, a, a rail called a goalpost, and 80,000 people jumping up and down, screaming out about some old football, and that football never healed nobody. That football never set a blind eye open. That football never brought a marriage back. That Football's never healed man or a woman of a fentanyl disease, but Jesus Christ has. Can you imagine being at a football game or a baseball game where they're cheering and you turn around and say, why are you all so emotional? Why don't you all stop shouting? Well, they beat you down, throw you out of the stadium. You lift a shout to your God. You lift a praise to your God. Don't you ever be ashamed to raise your hands and bless the Lord and give him glory and give him praise and give him honor. Hallelujah. I love every one of you. Brother Shannon, it's all yours. My brother, what a powerful message today and every day this week. Um, what would you like to title today's message for the archive? 21 things that the Holy Spirit has come to do for you, part me. Fantastic. Okay. We're going to get this up quick. I'll send you a copy, my friend. And if uh, people would like to make contact with your ministry, is there any information you want to give out? Yeah, you know, uh, according to the Holy Spirit, um, I'm getting ready to launch uh, my good brother coming up uh, this new year. See, of course, I'm ministering now, but the Lord's launching me out full time. Uh, Somebody wants to write, they want to contact me or send something that'll bless my ministry. It's Tommy Hollihan, H-O-L-O-H-A-N. And uh, my, my business address is 119, 119 uh, Southeast, um, 46th Street. And that is Cape Coral, Cape Coral, Florida, 33904. Again, 119, Southeast, uh, excuse me, 46th Street. Cape Coral, Florida, 33904. Yeah, so, yeah, and uh, man, we love everybody out there. We certainly do. And it's a joy to be here with you, Brother Shaw. I got people listening to you now before I come on. They're listening to you. Praise the Lord. We welcome everybody yeah, to tune listening. in. And um, my friend, uh, I'll be in touch with you. We'll get you another date. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Thank you for coming on today. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brother Shannon, happy Thanksgiving to you, and I wish you lived around me here because what I'd do is I'd bring you on over, and I'll feed you and give you an Italian um, Thanksgiving with the lasagna, uh, fra diabolo. Uh, oh, yeah, brother, we take care of you as well as that big old turkey. We have one big enough. You can put a saddle on them and ride them. Brother, you don't know how hungry you make me right now. Oh, my goodness, that sounds good. Yeah. It's going to be good eating. I'm here to tell you. I love you, my brother. I <laughs> love, love you, you, love you, love you. Bye-bye. God Thank bye. you, brother. On the remake diet, which is getting kind of boring, but I'm sticking with it because I need to shed some pounds, and then when I lose what I need, 
Then I'll go back to some sensible eating. That sure did sound good about now. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, Folks, did you enjoy these programs today? We had Michael Cummins. We had Frank Marzullo Jr. And that was Tommy Hollihan. Now, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get these uploaded for you today. I encourage you to go to my website, and you can find links to all these shows that we're doing here in Season 13. Or the shortcut is go to omegaman.podbean.com, and you will find it that way too. Uh, We have the app, as I mentioned, Podbean. And once you go to Podbean, there's about uh, 12 other locations that will pick up the uh, feed, the RSS feed. So you can listen on your favorite favorite platform out there you know the big ones um google itunes spotify amazon etc stitcher i think also um i'm also uploading two uh restored audios from the archives every day in fact i'm getting ready to uh cut some fresh ones for you today and put them up there and um all that is available for free. Just go to my website, as I mentioned, omegamanradio.com. Okay, we're also going to be back tonight. We've got um, Jesse Jernigan. will be on with us tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern. Thursday night, we're also going to be on at 8 Eastern with uh, Pastor Lou Young, and we're going to be doing the Demon Hotline after the message. So if you need prayer, Tomorrow night, Thursday night, we'll be having um, open lines. Okay, um, special alert, Bill Sneblin will be on with us Friday. It's going to be a good program. We're going to have the return of Dr. Philip Morris next week. Sister Sabrina Sessions also will be with us next week. And many more. Okay. Uh, Brother Victor Ravlag will be off uh, this week, but we're going to see him back on. Um, we're going to see him back in about two weeks. Okay. Let me make an uh, make an update here. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, we're going to do one more program. Speak my word. Where we go through the Word of God together. I'm going to save this. Get ready to refresh, and if you want to hang around. Uh, you're more than welcome, and uh, we appreciate all that can tune in live. But if you can't get us live, uh, always uh, know that you can get the archive for free. Here we go. <laughs> 